Drive into left center, and what a play made by the rookie Brian O'Grady. Pitch. Oh, into right field. Brian O'Grady, first big league home run. Fly ball, center field struck well. Marisnik going back at the wall. Gone! Welcome back, Brian O'Grady. And welcome inside episode 57 of Breaking Bats, presented by Not For Long Media. My name is Justin Ayers, and I'm joined, as always, by the man himself. It is Ryan Ripkin. Uh, so episode 57, this is the Shane Bieber, the Bieber Fever episode of the Breaking Bats podcast. Uh, like I said, every week we try to pick a different jersey uh, number out that represents our episode. I-, I pick Shane Bieber every year in fantasy baseball, so this one holds a special place in my heart. So, uh, Ryan, how are you? And then what do you think about the guy Bieber Fever? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. You know, honestly, it, I still laugh when was it Bob Costas during the playoffs that that dropped the Justin Bieber reference by yeah. like, mistakenly, you know, and yeah. I mean, both both are well known, especially, you know, throughout. But I think Justin Bieber actually might be more known internationally. But Shane Bieber, man, what a pitcher. I mean, he's a stud. And yeah, you're smart to have him on your fantasy team because he brings it. Uh, he, he is a, he's a fun pitcher to watch and, uh, has really kind of been that, that's that guy for, for the guardians over the last few years. Yeah. I, I went and looked up, uh, but yeah, Bob Costas did mistakenly call him Justin Bieber at one point. So that is, uh, I mean, that's, it's not a bad person to be compared to or like oh, be mistaken no. for could be worse. Yeah. I mean, no, I mean, 20, he's, yeah. Yeah. He's Hey, top pitcher, you know, top male artist in the in the music industry you know easy yeah. to get those mixed up but uh it, it's cool i i thought i just love those fun interactions but uh we were talking about before the only thing i wish with bieber i wish we could have seen him on the mound in that final playoff game and game five against the yanks like that would have been electric but you know a lot more things were going on there and his health was was a was a concern so uh, but what could have been? What could have been? Because Bieber, Bieber had been, if I remember correctly, like he was already lights out in the playoffs so far that that, that season. Oh yeah, like yeah, he had a win against Tampa. Like he had, you know, no decision against the Yankees earlier in that series. So, um, oh, my favorite Shane Bieber thing is that, like, you remember how they had that Players Weekend where they all had like their nicknames on the back? He had yeah. not just not Justin. <laughs> that see that that's perfect. Play right into it. That's why. How do you not like Shane Bieber? Come on, he's he's fan favorite, fan favorite, and I hope everything's good, and I hope he has a great twenty twenty three. If they did a players' weekend for you, like I'm assuming they didn't do this in the minor leagues, but like, what would your like nickname that you'd have on the back of yours be? Oh, oh they did not have that in the minor leagues by at all. But you know, it's interesting. A lot of guys call me like everyone just calls me Rip. You know, it's not really. You know, in high school, people called me Lanks or called me Lanky or Lanky Rye, which is funny because there's only maybe 15 people in the world that call me that. And then once I got going, you know, Rip became the uh, the, the main nickname. And people call me Fry. I actually, uh, I, uh, growing up, I got called Fries uh, by, by close family friends. So I don't know if I would choose any of those. I'd probably just go... 
just go simple for rip to avoid any confusion. Why did they call you fries? I guess fry like I liked fries as a kid. Fries for rise or risey. Yeah, I know. Had I, it was it was it weird? Maybe was it was it because I was a cute, adorable kid? Absolutely. The blonde hair, the bowl cut. You know, <laughs> it just all mixed. If you really want to go to go take some nice, go take a look at some of the the young baby rye photos and maybe, and then you can think like rise liked fries as that little kid. So I think that's where it all came about. But enough about me. Like, what would what would you have for your nickname if you had it on the back of the jersey? I I'm unfortunate that I've I've never been given a nickname. I I I don't know. Like, and also my name isn't cool enough to be shortened into anything. Like, you know, like if your name if your name's William, you have 15 nicknames. But it's like your name's Justin. Like, I it doesn't you can't shorten that to just or stint. Like, there really isn't. It sucks. So uh, I I don't know what I would put on the back of mine. I might just put like Justin. <laughs> Real original, you know. I was trying yeah. to think if it, if it was if it had enough uh, spelling. You know, you could try to be like you know. There's a, there was always a Flow Rider song called In the Air. Yep, I remember blasting that. I'm like, well, you could put like hands in the air, airs, but that's that's really corny and. Probably not enough for the jersey space. We got to, you know, we're going to come up with a nickname for you. That's that's going to be the goal coming forward, moving forward. Always wanted one. Yeah. I, I Nothing. Like, no one ever, ever. No one's ever given me, a, I've never been graced with a nickname, but I did have a teacher in high school who used to do that when I walked in, in the hands in the A-er, A-er. That was a good time yeah. in my life. That was, that was a fun, that was a fun song. You and Flo Rida, you know, the, Flo Rida had some hits, just some absolute Early banger. 2010s, you kidding me? You kidding me? I didn't even know what to do when I didn't even understand when when uh, Low came out. Still, still, <laughs> just blew my mind to just what was happening. Then, then the music video in itself was confused me as well. But anyway, it's a young kid trying to figure it out. We will come up with a nickname. That's what we're gonna figure out for you. That's my goal. As all else fails. I'll just give myself one, which would be the least cool thing anybody can do is give yourself a nickname. It's like, no, hey, my name. no, yeah. you're not doing. No, that's that's not allowed. Anyone that listens to it, we got to come up with a nickname for Justin. That's the homework for this episode. Find a proper nickname for Justin. Bam. I dig it. I, write that down. Write that uh, down. Write, write that, that down. down. <laughs> Record it. Write that down. Write that down. Um. So before we get into this week's episode, though, we did have a quick word because this episode is brought to you, as always, by our friends at Psalm Sleep. It is the best form of recovery, sleep is, and Psalm Sleep will help you take your game to the next level through sleep, uh, good night's rest. All you have to do is drink one serving of Psalm Sleep 30 minutes before you go to bed, and your body will naturally calm itself down. You will wake up feeling refreshed and ready to conquer the day. Go to GetSom.com, click shop, enter code BATS, B-A-T-S, at checkout for 10% off your entire order. All right, so uh, instead of the news, we're still going to be doing the news, but I wanted to do a trial run for a new vessel to bring you the news in. Uh, we're going to call it fill in the blank. It's original. Ooh. It's straight to the straight to the point. Um, so the way it's going to go is I'm going to give you a, a scenario, and you're going to fill in the blank, and then we're going to talk about it. So uh, this is all based around the biggest topics around the game of baseball right now. Here's the first one for you, Ryan. Between Anthony Rendon and Christian Yelich, Blank will have the better bounce back season in 2023. Oh man, you know what? Because it's and you know that that's a very good one. Because not only that, I was double checking age wise because go play the age card initially. Was there a big difference? And they're only a year apart. 
So honestly, it's just, I think healthy, give me Rendon because of the fact of when he has been fully healthy, he has been, he had been one of the most consistent hitters in all of major league baseball. And the hard thing is for him right now is staying healthy. And that's a part of the game. You know, he hasn't had a fully healthy season since he went out to, to play for the angels, but in 2019, Guy at 319, 2018 hit 308, the year before that 301, like he just hits. You know, Yelich, it was just couldn't get everything going after that massive MVP caliber year. So uh, that that for me, healthy Rendon, I'm going to go with that guy. How about you? That's my answer too. Oh, uh, how about that? Because I remember in 20 when he first signed there, like it was granted it was, you know, 60 game season, but he was good. I think he received MVP votes, 150 OPS plus. Yeah, 10th and AL MVP that that shortened season. Like when this guy's healthy, like you know, his bat will find the ball and he will do it in bunches. Um, it's it's funny because like these guys both are very like they're similar in the fact that they're the age is the same. They're similar in the fact that they both got massive contracts. Like Yelich mm-hmm. got 215 over nine, and Rendon got uh, 245 over seven. Like. A lot of expectations, MVP caliber years. I mean, Yelich won it in 2018, and he was runner-up in 19. Um, I'm just worried about our guy Christian Yelich, though. Like, he hasn't put together a fully healthy campaign. Or he did last year, but, like, yep. even when he's fully healthy, the power's gone. Yeah, that was the concern is that those two years in 18-19 where he just was unbelievable. I mean, if you want to go back and look at some incredible numbers, 18 and 19 are just – they're video game esque. You know what I mean? And even less games in 2019, he still had more home runs. Like mm-hmm. he had 36 and 18, 44 and 19. Guy can ball out. But here's the thing is that he has been playing. He's played over last what last year, 154 games. The year before that, almost 120. Like he's on the field. He's been playing quite a bit. And it just hasn't been that same production. And you're right to that point. Gotta be a little worried, but I would love to see the yellowage of 18 and 19 because that just, I just felt like every time you turn on a high, like turn on a, a highlight of a Brewer game, it was yellowage was just taking, taking a guy deep, which was, I'm all about that. It sucks because like yellowage has just turned into like the character from the game operation where like all his body parts are glowing red with like various injuries, like yeah. fractured kneecap. Uh, he was low back stiffness, like, these are just like, and I think there's a couple, a couple, a couple more in there. I feel like, but like that's there's those are like kind of like the bad ones. I feel like if you're gonna be injured and like be coming back from something, it's like JJ Hardy. JJ Hardy's back took all of his power away from him. He went from like 33 home runs, I want to say one year, um, to like nine. That's a big difference. So, it I mean, Rendon's is the wrist. So he he had tendon surgery on his wrist. Um, that feels like it's fully healthy. Yeah, give me, give me Anthony Rendon. They'll need him out there in, in Anaheim. You know, a Trout, a Rendon, and Otani. It's pretty good. It'd be so. exciting to see for sure to have all three of those guys healthy. You kidding me? Like that. I mean, people forget. I think that's, I know the Angels have had issues for a while, but let's see if the their three best offensive players can be on the field and see how much of a jolt that lineup can have. Obviously, pitching's got to win games, but. Otani, Trout, and Rendon all together. That that would be a lineup I'd love to watch each and every day. Exactly. Let's stick with the uh, not the Anaheim Angels. Um, 
are they are they they're the Los Angeles Angels, right? Yeah. Yeah. Are they the LAA Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim? I think they dropped the of Anaheim. Part. Oh I might- man, I'm, I I missed the Anaheim part. It, just Anaheim Angels, but that's a separate. Let's keep going. Separate. Yeah, note. I I'm I'm personally a California Angels fan myself. Angels in the outfield, I think, was California Angels. See um, the the old names. <laughs> <laughs> they've had like 15 variations. Um, whatever you want to call them, the Angels. Uh, here's a good one for you. Shohei Otani's free agent contract. All I, all indications show he's going to be testing free agency this upcoming offseason. What number will it start with? Oh, man. Well, for the contracts that we've seen, and he'll be 29 as a free agent, I think the minimum's four, 415. I, I, for what he brings for both sides of the ball, I don't think it's anything below that. 10-year deal. Think- Ten year yep. deal over forty million a year. Ten, I've seen ten four thirty maybe. I don't know if we're going to be pu- five. Will be pushing it. Yeah, I think I that, like, that's too unrealistic. Yeah, we're not there yet. I feel like as a sport, like you know, we everything's kind of like gradual. Like you know, it's it, like I remember. I think the first hundred million dollar contract was like early. It was late nineties. I think was that Kevin mm-hmm. Brown. Is that is that your bar trivia answer? That that might be the bar trivia answer. (laughs) Don't don't fact check me on that. I I could be wrong, but I fact check them right now. I'm gonna fact check. Well, while we're fact checking, though, Kevin Brown, 1998. Yeah, see, trust yourself. That that that, you know, if there was you know another thing that could be the fact check sponsored by, and maybe that'll be a new thing. (laughs) Might have a fact check sponsored by whoever's listening. Be plug, plug one in right there but to your point it, you're right i don't think baseball's fully there yet to do the 500 million because beca- once that number is hit mm-hmm. it's just going to keep resetting the bar and we're seeing already this this reluctance from just team certain teams and owners being uh, willing to pay that amount of money so time's going to tell but otani for sure i think it's fair to say He's going to be going over 400 isn't a really an if for me. I think it's it's a must. I mean, he's making $30 million uh, on a one-year avoided arbitration like deal, which is the largest for an arbitration-eligible player in Major League history. Um, it's I, I think I read that he's open to negotiations with the Angels, but he doesn't really want to do it like during like the season, which is, makes sense. You rarely see guys ever like – bust out a big contract in the middle of the year. I think Strasburg did it one year. I, w- I want to say it was like May. <laughs> he's like, yeah. oh, shit, he's coming back. for What? Um, doesn't happen all that often. So right. I don't – also, I don't know if he'd want to stay in Anaheim too. That's the other burning it's, it's question. A lot, it's, it's a lot of questions, and especially when you're seeing some of these teams and owners that are are willing to to put that money out. And, I, and I'm not saying the Angels wouldn't. Because they have, you know, they gave Mike Trout a m- massive deal. You brought in Otani, at least you you got his rights. But again, you trust in the team's direction. So it's going to be two things for Otani. He's going to want to win. He's going to go to a place where he feels he has a chance to accomplish things as a player. And then the other part is which team is going to cough up the dough. And, and there's going to be plenty of those teams that are going to be willing to do that. Real quick, my, my new favorite website for this stuff Uh if you're like a big nerd and trying to figure out like payrolls and like salaries and stuff, it's cots baseball contracts. 
Uh, it's very like he like projects payroll and he has like really up to date like every contract that sign gets added on. Um, guess where the Angels rank in terms of payroll? Uh, you can either do like number if you're feeling lucky or just like what like number highest payroll they have. I'm gonna go like seven. Close. They have the sixth highest. That's oh. 200, 207.9. The LA Angels. That's that's a lot of money, and I don't know if you're be. And they were just thinking about trying to sell the team here, and then they pulled back on that. So it's like, who knows if they're gonna be willing to give out four fifty? Yeah, it's tough to say. But also to all the people out there saying that, yes, I know you need to spend, and and most teams have to spend money to win World Series titles. This just goes to show the Angels have been doing this over a period of time right now, and it hasn't shown success. So just want to throw that out there. It's not for me not spending money on players. I think players deserve to get paid. They earned it. You need to pay the players. But I also don't want to say that you're jumping down this, this rabbit hole of just because you spend a ton of money, it's going to lead to success. It's not how it all also works. It helps. It helps a lot. But it doesn't mean it's going to automatically turn you into a World Series champion. Yeah, Padres it doesn't are solve not. all of your problems. No, it, it can help. It can help. It does. What a segue. Last, last thing on this. Uh, the Angels have finished with a losing record each of the last seven years, and they've been to the playoffs just once since 2009. Um, so if you're if you're Otani and you're looking at, hey, who do I want to hitch my wagon to as I get older and maybe eventually get a World Series ring? Just throwing that out there. It's LA's tough. Tough to win. Um, you Speaking of the San Diego Padres, this is, what, what a segue. Like, that's... That's that's top five segue. On Was it show, intentional? Was it intentional? Ooh. I can't be that smart, can I? The world may never know. Um, <laughs> here's a good one for you. The Padres' chances to keep Manny Machado after the 2023 season can best be described as? Slim. Uh, well, slim if they go after Soto. You know, if Soto doesn't sign then I'd say that money goes to Machado. But I really have a hard time seeing them pay two $400-plus million contracts. I really do. I think that that is going to be hard to come by. And that's the only reason the slim changes to moderately high if Manny Machado, if, if Juan Soto goes a different direction. And also, here's a kicker, and I played this around recently with um, – with three of take is we're going to find out where, where Tatis lies. And I know he's a super talent, but if he comes and has a down year, for instance, or there's more turmoil within the organization, if anything were to happen with Tatis, that would also open up the possibility of Manny staying longer. But just think about that. If you have Tatis Machado and Soto all having long extensions, three guys that it's going to be over a billion dollars. Plus you already signed Xander Bogarts. I, I know they love the spend Justin, but I don't, if you can do math off the top of your head, a lot I, of money. That, but that's pushing. Is that pushing almost 1.5 billion? Yeah. And again, I mean, again, it's over the, 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 duration, the time frame, yeah. but, you're filling out a roster. You're filling out. I know that, that some owners can have a lot of money. They ain't afraid to spend. Five players spending $1.5 billion. So that could be a lot of cash. Well, that's, I, I would use the word 
I'm going to say hopeful. I think because Manny is San Diego, it's it's hard to believe he's already been there since. I mean, I think it was before 2019. So I got there in 19. He signed 10 for 300, and at the time we're like, oh my god, that's so much money. And then you know, fast forward today, and you're like, it's only 300. Um, it's crazy how fast things change in this game. But um, yeah, Machado very adamant. What asked you know down in spring training for the Padres, like oh for sure opting out. Like probably even cut the guy who asked the question off to say that. <laughs> no hesitation, but yeah, before the no. question was finished, are are you gonna? Yes, yes. I am, I am. Um, he, speaking of numbers, they offered him so you know they offered him five additional years at twenty one per tacked onto the existing deal, so that would be a total of ten years, two sixty five. Seems a little light. That was two days before camp started. He countered. How about just ten for four hundred? That would start in twenty twenty four. Uh, I think he's 30 now, so I guess that would be like his – the duration of his entirety of his 30. So, um, But, you know, this offseason we've proven that. Oh, we'll just keep paying you. You'll be 40? We don't care. Um, I I think I think they'll figure out a way to keep him. I, I think they will. I think he likes the area too much. I think he, he likes that the ownership is committed to winning. Oh, what a segue that is. I have another question for you, Ryan. Whoa. How did that happen? Uh, was it intentional? Uh, guess we'll never pa- know Padres owner Peter Seidler's comments regarding payroll and market size should make Padres fans blank. <sighs> and we'll tell you his comments in a second. Yeah. You know, Padres fans overall should be happy. Padres fans should be ecstatic for how they their ownership is looking at the outlook of of their organization because let's face it you're looking around at other teams where the the excuse for the small market you can't use the we, we're in the small market the padres are proving that we want to win first and foremost we need to win games so you, you got to be encouraged but i will say this the expectations could not be any higher for San Diego at all. With that being said, if you can't win it right now in this time frame, I'm a little worried when you're going to win it next because I don't know how much more we can talk about the Padres being all in, and I don't see another case where they're going to contend especially with their division, if they can't get it done this year or possibly next year. I don't know which, but Justin, I, I want to know what you think. You stole my word. I was going to say ecstatic. <laughs> like, this we're, is like, yeah. we're on the same, we're on the same page. I swear it's not intentional guys. The segues yeah. are they intentional? We don't know, but this was, part was not. Yes. <laughs> like I, I, I am in love like I'm so jealous. If you're a San Diego Padres fan right now, I I am could not be more happy for you. I'm very jealous of you um, because because here's so here's what the owner said. Peter Seiler said, "quote We're here to win a title. That's what I expect." He expects a title. He also said when we talk about risk, because you know people are like, "Hey man, it's kind of risky. You're spending all this money." He said, "There's risk in doing nothing." What a badass that guy is. That guy's awesome um, because the Padres have the third highest payroll. 249.6 despite having the 27th biggest media market so don't let you know don't let your hometown team don't let the ownership of your hometown team say hey we can't compete we're just you know, the market's too small 
that's BS because the Padres are playing in a market that's like, it, it's like, I mean, granted, they're the only ticket in town, but it's a tiny media market. And then they're spending like what the, what the Dodgers are spending. So, yeah. I mean, hey, and look, it's, that's, it's no offense to other teams in any, like, cause again, everyone has a different perspective on what it means. But if you're a Padre fan, it's music to your ears because if you love this team, you care about this team, you feel you have an owner that's extremely passionate and, and is determined to bring a title back. And he's not just doing that with his words. He's doing it with his actions. And when you put that all together, that brings even more excitement to a fan base. So buckle up to 2023 Padres. This is this hopefully will be a fun ride for San Diego fans. Last, last note on them, because I thought this was great. I do want to go to a Padres game at some point. Like, I feel like Petco Park, the atmosphere there is incredible, especially when Soto first got there, like seeing the, the crowd shots. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's it's a tough ticket because uh, the Padres have, uh, their season ticket sales were capped at 24,000. You know, they had a wait list going on. They're projected to have a franchise record attendance exceeding 3 million people at Petco Park this season. So, wow. you know, you, it's you know that's what happens when you go out and you acquire probably the most dynamic lineup in all of baseball and you know you spend money to to lock up your own guys you get pitching like you trade for i mean oh god i'm gonna watch that's my goal i'm gonna start drinking more coffee now to get ready to stay up till midnight to watch the padres this season hey now well so wow look at that caffeinate yourself up and then after a while what's gonna happen you're gonna be so excited about how the team's playing hopefully you don't even need caffeine just the lineup itself is gonna get you fired up that's what we're getting to. That's how you should have led with it, Justin. Justin, no nickname, which yes. I'm still, we are, we're working on the nickname. Please, it's please, people, please nickname for Justin. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, there was a giraffe at one point due to the, the, the elongated neck I now have. So, you know, I, I wasn't a big fan of that one, but <laughs> Justin, the giraffe. No, it, it, yeah. <laughs> it's not that we can't we can't we can't sit on that one we can't we can't do giraffe mostly because i can't physically help that um all right (laughs) last one and i think because of the nature of this last one this kind of a feel good we have two guys on minor league uh you know deals trying to make a roster here in honor of that real quick this last you know fill in the blank is brought to you by the, the official sponsor of not for long media the breaking bats podcast the original fudge kitchen Fudge makes you feel good, and this story will make you feel good in 30 seconds when I tell you about it. The Fudge Kitchen's a staple of the Jersey Shore. They have six locations in Cape May, Wildwood, North Wildwood, Stone Harbor, and Ocean City. They make all their fudge in the store, guaranteed a delicious product. So stop by and let them know that Not For Long Media sent you, sent you. And if you can't check them out in person, they ship all over the country at fudgekitchenswithans.com. Okay, two guys that are on minor league contracts. Here we go. Jason Hayward. I don't know. He's been the talk of the town. Have you seen the videos of him on Twitter? They're, they're lighting people up, talking about his new swing. Minor league deal. Cole Hamels. That's a name you probably haven't thought about in a while. Minor league deal with the Padres. The more intriguing story between the two of those is blank. For me, I think it's Jason Hayward. Because I think it's because of the documented struggles that he's had over the years that people are considering him done. And for me, wouldn't it be great and awesome to see that all of a sudden he made this little adjustment. And at 33, like you're talking about, he comes out 
and just comes out and just is hammering baseballs in 2023. It, it would just be really cool to see. That, that's no knock to, to, to Cole because to me, he's been one of the most consistent pitchers I, you know, we've ever seen. And really it just sounds like it's been mainly injuries for him that have really slowed, slowed down his, his chances. And also that happens as you get older, but, but give me Hayward given all the backlash and criticism he's had the last few years, especially after signing that, that deal with the Cubs. I, so we, we posted the clip of Hayward's like swing on our Twitter account. So check oh, yeah. it out at Bre- Breaking Bats Pod. If you listen to it, that thing is loud. It is a thunderous swing, um, two-handed swing from Jay Hay. He's only 33 years old, but yeah, last year on the Cubs was not pretty. He hit 204 and 137 at-bats, and he had a single home run. Um, not great, but he is only 33. You're still going to get really good defense from him. That's never really been the issue. It's just it's hard to verify keeping him in the lineup like, you know, when he's batting 204 with a home run. Uh, so I think he's probably the more interesting of the two, but that's not to say Cole Hamels at 39 years old, you know, isn't any less of a cool, like, I love a good comeback story. Like, oh, it'd be great. So he hasn't pitched since 2020, where, again, he made one start uh, with the Braves there. It's It's been a long road for this guy. From 06 to 19, he had 2,700 innings in a 3-4-2 ERA. Model of consistency there for the Phils. Uh, I mean, again, the Padres are just scooping everybody up. Again, going back to last week, they're just addicted. They can't get enough of signing people. So it's, uh, conta- it's, it's, a, it's a sick disease. <laughs> Wanting to bring people you, in. Every time you look, you're like, oh, Nelson Cruz is here too. It's like, what? Cole Hamels? Um, yeah, they're just they're just signing. The, they have the most name recognition, I feel like, of any of the, of the teams signing guys this offseason. I would agree, but and to close out with with Hamels again, you know, it, it, either of these guys would be great, especially for Cole being just, you know, not involved really over the last couple of years. It would be extremely impressive, especially. I know that we are we're seeing pitchers pitch into their late thirties, even to their forties. You know, it would be something. It would it would, it would be extremely impressive to see him come back after missing some time and making it a significant impact or even just a little impact at all would be, would be really cool. And also shows the resiliency that, that he has as an individual. No doubt, man. So yeah, we're pulling for both of those guys. It'd be really cool. Wouldn't mind again, going back to the Padres, wouldn't mind seeing Cole Hamels making a few starts there. Be pretty sweet. Um, well, cool. All right. So this week's episode actually uh, is college baseball theme. We had Colin Thompson, uh, not for media come on and we did about 20 minutes of college baseball preview it's something that i personally wanted to learn more about i haven't watched a ton of college baseball hand up but i think this might be the year um do you know are the gamecocks good should i watch them you know i, I haven't been following as much recently with that myself just as far as how the season started but i will okay. say this to the whole college baseball it's a, it is a a different game than that mlb than professional baseball it really is but it doesn't mean it's any less exciting. And that's the, the beauty of college sports that you should tune in, see the, the emotions, the, each team has their own, their, their pride and they have their own swagger. And I mean, honestly, if you go watch the highlights of the college world series and some of the, the playoffs of, of, of college baseball, it's electrifying. So I, I think I'll, if I'm with you, I need to watch more college baseball this season because I think it just reminds you 
how much this game really means to so many people that you realize why you played the game. That's really well put. Uh, well, before we get to Colin Thompson and the college baseball preview, uh, check out our friend of the, of the podcast, Actions Over Words. It's an apparel company that donates five bucks from every sale to charities around the world. ActionsOverWordsApparel.com, promo code N4L for 10% off. And last but not least, we just talked about Colin and the rest of the N4L team, but we have a bunch of other podcasts for you to check out, The Colin Thompson Show. Also, Two Girls, One League, and Odd G's with Harry Mays and Jason Martinez. So without further ado, here's the man himself talking college ball. Here's Colin. All right, as college baseball season kicks off here, we have the man himself, Colin Thompson, to do our 2023 college baseball pre-call, unless we come up with a better title on the fly. Uh, so, I mean, Colin, we had you on a couple weeks ago. You, you were rocking the LSU jersey. I'm sure we're going to talk all about the Tigers, but uh, it's, great to, it's great to see you. It's great to have you back on. Yeah, go Navy. Uh, yeah, how are you? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me on. I, I don't have a Navy baseball jersey yet. I will find my way into the dugout. That's a quarter mile from my house here to see if I can grab one. I have the Navy baseball schedule put into my calendar. Like it's my workouts and my podcasts and my whatever that's important in my life, my wife's birthday. Um, so I'm Jack for baseball season, man. I came to you. I said, Hey, let's do a baseball segment for the show. I'll jump in on it. Let me do it. And then I started doing more research than I did for my final paper in college, because there is so much to tackle so much i'm like justin i'm gonna have a note of every top 25 team i don't i don't jay i have one for every other team i have a couple correspondents uh my future brother-in-law he's a texas tech die hard my father-in-law played at lsu was an all-american golfer in there he's an lsu die hard i'm a florida die hard so there's like three big brands in college baseball you're an oklahoma guy ucf now based off of one jersey Jack's going to take over Texas baseball, I think. So we're like, if we could do that, and Rutgers is a hot team this year, we're going to talk about them a little bit. We'll cover a little bit of the landscape and give it a shot because there's just mountains of stuff on college baseball. Mountains. It really is. I was doing my own uh, independent research to to you know validate some of the things that we're going to talk about on here. But a couple of things I noticed that stood out just from as a whole, looking at the college baseball landscape is like, the, the majority of like college baseball runs through the SEC. I feel like that's just college sports in general, though. Um, but I, I was reading a bunch of things about like why that is. And a lot of it has to do with, I think, the weather. Because 100%. like, you know, today's February. We're, it's February 20th and we're taping this. Baseball season for college just kicked off last week, I think. So, I mean, that's middle of February. So, you know, if you're in the Northeast right now and you're playing a college baseball schedule, A, it's probably not very much fun to go watch or play. Um, but I, I saw a tweet that I wanted to get your take on. There's a, a college baseball writer who suggested that to help grow the sport, it should start in mid-March and it should end in mid-July because he says better better weather equals better crowd. Um, I mean, we, we, we're you're a Northeast guy. I'm a Northeast guy. It sucks outside for the most part right now. Um, I mean, that, that would be pretty sweet. Give it another month. It would be sweet, but it's horrible for the guys, the team. You're going to go to mid-July – then you got to go back to school in the fall, like five weeks later. You can't play any of your fall ball and any of the um, summer baseball, like the team, the league up in like, uh, oh, what's it called? Outside of Boston. Cape Cod League. Cape Cod League, right? Like all those different leagues. So I, I, I agree. I hear, I get it, but maybe condense the season a little bit, but they play a lot of baseball. It's hard in a short period of time already. So I don't really know the answer to that. We'll have to study it. Maybe next year that will be our first conversation. Like, here's what you do. I'll be opinionated on it. Shocker. But there's, there's just so much to tackle. Like I went to 
Like, we're going to have segments. I'm not even prepared for them. But the team of the week this week for me, we're going to have the team of the week. It's Grand Canyon baseball. I mean, they upset Tennessee 4-3, to three, went in there on the ninth, and just absolutely shut it down on Tennessee baseball, the number two team in the country, and they're unranked, Grand Canyon. Ooh, what, 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 what? I think they're like a March Madness team from years ago. So, you know, we're going to have a we're going to have a, a ceremonial first pitch of the week. We're going to have a team of the week. That's Grand Canyon. I'm getting these out of the way now, Jay. My first pitch of the week, I'm just hijacking your show. I got to find it. I got to pull this up because, again, folks, I have copious, copious notes. The first pitch of the week, Old Miss baseball. Today's first pitch thrown by Ron Bianco and caught by his son, Coach Mike Bianco. Ron Bianco caught for Delaware baseball in 1963 and 64 and won national titles with Delaware in 92 and 93. So a pretty cool story. He's a coach uh, for uh, Old Miss, and he's the head coach, and his son is a pitcher for Old Miss, and he caught the first pitch from him. So that's the ceremonial first pitch of the week. The team of the week is Grand Canyon Baseball, and I just hijacked your show. What do you got, J.A.? No disrespect to Grand Canyon. I thought that was the online school. I didn't realize that was an actual – no, that was an actual school. So we learned something new. College baseball preview, you know, you come here, you learn a little bit, you find out colleges that exist in real life and not on the computer. Um, <laughs> I, I I was going through – I was looking through a couple other things before we kind of dive deep into your, your copious, your binders full of notes on these things, but um, – there, like in terms of the college baseball landscape, in terms of like schools, I feel like are either like there's like basketball schools and football schools, and then there's just some that don't even have a baseball team. Like your alma mater, Temple. I don't, Temple doesn't have a baseball team, do they? They got rid of it, and they almost got rid of football too, all in one foul swoop. The athletic department was in a lot of issues, and like they almost they were close to get rid of the football program too. What could have been? But they kept football. Thankfully, they did, and uh, they got rid of like track. They got rid of a lot. But it's interesting, like. There's teams like in the SEC where like that's the spring sport is like the like LSU baseball, which we're going to talk frequently on the show about number one team in the country, loaded stars, players, transfers, you name it. Great coaching. But I mean, that that stadium is insanity. When I think LSU baseball, I think of like humid weather, these scrappy players, tough, tough environment, the Tony Satchery seasoning which is a black, like a Cajun seasoning, they sponsor the whole joint. Like it's different than a normal place, like some bank, MTN, whatever, bank stadium or, you know, Wachovia or First Union. No, it's a Cajun spice seasoning sponsors the baseball team at LSU. So it, it's unique dynamic stuff for me, Jay, like that, that makes college baseball fun. All the unique names, like the team we was looking at the other day, I think a good follow, honestly, if you want to get into college baseball, obviously it was breaking bats, but realistically, it's just NCAA baseball. They got great stuff. How about uh, the Long Beach Dirt Bags yep. up for the name of the week for a team? So we're going to go name of the week. We're just building segments on the show live. Team name of the week, ceremonial first pitch of the week. I'm drawing a blank. And the team of the week. So the dirt bags, I'm going to give them a follow on Twitter. I mean, again, we're just figuring this thing out as they go and hashtag SCO bags. So <laughs> that's a great. It's, just, it's great. So that's, I think what makes it fun though, Jay is like baseball. It's almost like 
you, you, there's so much to consume. It's like world soccer, right? It's like, just pick a team, stick it out and grind it out with that team and just see where it goes. It'll be a fun journey. Probably. That's always been the marketability of like college baseball. I feel like is for people. It's, it's hard enough to get people to watch like MLB baseball. And it's even harder to watch a school that you didn't attend. But I think some of the draw for college is like, you know, they, they, they have guys that become like, you know, bigger than life, almost like Tommy tanks, who was at NC state, who's now at LSU. Like, there's guys that go viral who like it, it's just like a fun atmosphere and a fun product to watch. And I think that's how ultimately the sports are going to grow is like you have, you have guys that like you'll tune in and watch even though you have no affiliation. And, and to be quite frank, some people that have joined your show, like Johnny Magliozzi, <clears throat> former, you know, MLB minor league pitcher, who's a scout for the Mets now, like Johnny was one of the reasons why I went to games. You know, he was a personality. He's this kid from Boston playing in Florida with this edge and like starting fights and like yelling at the the, the batters. And like, I'm like, this is great. Like this kid does not belong down here, but he belongs and fits perfectly. You know, like he should be playing for like BU in the snow, but he's down here and the love of the palm trees and hanging with me at, you know, happy hour after. So, you know, I think like I loved it as a football guy. It's the spring. It's spring ball. Let's walk over on Sunday eat some popcorn and a, and a glizzy and watch the game on a beautiful day in Gainesville. And now, you know, we're going to get into Gator baseball in a little bit, but it, it was like a cultural thing. You know, it was a community thing. You'd see the same people in the same seats. So, you know, that's the coolest part about it. You mentioned the weather, like Penn state, you may not have that, even though it's a great community there, you, you know, it's baseball's not as big, you know, but down South because of the weather year round, they're playing baseball. Like I met some kids that are young stars, going to be young D1 stars in North Carolina. They're playing in like Christmas tournaments. You know, it's it's like basketball up here. And everybody plays it. They may not all be good, but everyone's solid and can shoot a jumper. You know, so, yeah, I mean, there's lots to get into, man. I'm jacked. There's, but I like the, I love the college stadiums too. You know, how unique they are and where they fit into campus. You can see kind of where they're valued, how they're valued you know, match with the softball stadium. Are they over here? Are they off campus somewhere? Like, I love the nucleus of like stadiums on a campus. That's always fun for me. Like, are they scattered? Are they in one area? I enjoy that. I have a note about that whenever we talk about Maryland, uh, talking about stadium layouts. Um, so let's get into it though. I mean, let's, Collins notebook, it, it's expansive. I mean, we got to start with the best team in the country, the LSU Tigers, right? I mean, that, that feels like a logical place to start. Absolutely. LSU Tigers, Tigers, best team in the country. Shout out to Fred Dupree. Thanks for helping me with all the notes with this. And, Really, the athletic pulled a lot from the athletic guys. If you want some good college baseball stuff, they have some really good stuff. They they pulled like um, what they pull probably like eight to ten coaches in college baseball and asked them all the same questions. So it was really cool. So LSU last season they finished with you know losing in the regional uh, round. They didn't make it to Omaha. They beat a good Kennesaw State team last year before losing two out of three to Southern Miss, who was one of the top seeds in the region. Had a stud pitcher transfer out of there. I forget where he's somewhere in my notes here. But SEC tournament, they beat Kentucky, lost to Tennessee, and then Kentucky knocked them out. So again, didn't that's a disappointing season. There's expectations there to win the SEC. You know, Jay Johnson, the head coach, he was at Nevada, you know, back in 2015, won a championship, then goes to Arizona in the Pac 12. He wins a championship, you know, in 21. And then boom, here he is now, like the guy who kind of worked his way up. And LSU baseball has been moderately down over the last couple of years. They used to be really good. Florida was always good at the top. Florida's been down, but not out. They have great players. 
Um, you know, this is a prestigious place. Six College World Series championships since 1991, 12 SEC championships since 88. And the best player, Dylan Cruz, top player in college baseball. People compare him to Bregman with more power. You know, people are some people are shocked he didn't turn pro out of high school. You know, really well this summer with Team USA. A lot of people were right. I was reading a lot of articles about how how well he looked and how just different um, he looked. And then Tommy Tang from NC State, Tommy White. I mean, guys a stud too. They have stud pitchers transfer in from. Uh, I think it was Stanford pitcher. They've have some. They have some guys that are coming in and transferring in. And then you know another note on all of college baseball. How college baseball is different is. Due to COVID, there's some more developed players. There's some older players in college baseball. You saw it in college football this year. You saw it in college basketball this year. Like every other story is like where the kid transferred from and how many years of eligibility he has left. So I think that is a unique part um, of college baseball this year to keep an eye on. What do you got on LSU, Jay? Anything I missed? No, I mean, I like Dylan Cruz, obviously, like the best team in the country, the best player in the country is Dylan Cruz. Like people are calling him like the most pro- like obvious number one pick since Bryce Harper. Um there's a guy on NC State, or not on NC State, obviously that was Tommy Tanks, but there's a guy on LSU that I really like. His name's Paul, I don't know, is it Skeens or Skinness? I don't know how to pronounce it right. But he's the only D1 player to reach double-digit figures and wins and home runs last year. So he's a two-way guy, but he throws like 100 miles an hour, but he hits like double-digit home runs. Um, wow. He's probably going to get drafted. Yeah. Like, every everything you read about LSU is like, this guy is the real deal, but he'll probably get drafted as a pitcher. But that's kind of cool having like a two-way guy. That's like, you know, obviously Otani has kind of paved the way for that being mainstream, but I wouldn't mind our guy Paul insert the correct pronunciation of his last name here to do the same thing. Wow, that's good knowledge out of you, Jay. And then, you know, that's going to be, that's again, that's a nugget to watch. I'm going to become an LSU baseball fan because we just gave you eight reasons. So Tennessee, rough start, rough start. Lost to my team Grand Canyon on a walk-off. Uh, I don't think it was a walk-off. It was a pop fly. They popped him out. Karen came, Grand Canyon closer came in and sealed it off. But Chase Dollinger, he's one of the best pitchers from Evan, Georgia, uh, in the country, right? That's his stick. Um, they lost two out of three in the Desert Invitational, but that's a team that's really good, really loaded. I'm not a Tennessee fan as being a Gator, but a team that's poised to make some noise. Ole Miss, Jacob Gonzalez, keep an eye on him. He's one of their infielders that runs around and makes a tons of plays. Just kind of giving you guys a tidbit for something to watch. And I think the story of college baseball will unravel and we'll find more to just hone in on. But for now, we're just kind of doing an overview of everything. And really it's SEC dominated LSU, Tennessee, you know, Old Miss Stanford's the only team in the top five. That's, you know, <clears throat> not in the SEC, uh, you know, Old Miss and Gonzalez, Texas A&M, Jack Moss. He's an elite hitter from what I'm reading. You know, then you kick it down to Florida at seven. I'm a huge Florida baseball fan. When I was at Florida, like I told earlier, we'd go to a lot of games, and I loved where their stadium was. It was right near our stadium. Well, Florida football's facilities, believe it or not, really weren't that strong. We shared a weight room with every other sport other than basketball, which is very rare for college athletics, but was good, and I thought it made our athletics very tight. You know, I met my wife, like, in the weight room. A lot of people have met their significant others in the weight room, right? So, like, it was unique culture down there. Well, they, you know, I knew a bunch of the baseball guys. I'd see them in the morning down there. So in the weight room. So I got to know a lot of people that way. And that's how I got into college baseball was those relationships. So what they did was they put the stadium next to the lacrosse facility and softball where their orange grove used to be a beautiful field. They leveled it and put a really beautiful baseball stadium there. So um, I'm a huge, you know, coach Sullivan there, what they've done over years. He's a UNC guy, but 
you know, Florida dominant pitching with some transfers. Um, but can they get consistent hitting? Because man, the couple of years there when Pete Alonzo was there and they had some freaking guys that could rake it, rake it in. And that's what they were known for. It's a friendly home run park. It's a great place. I believe they have a beer garden there, Jay. It's 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 nice work. And I think at one point we're going to have a stadium in the week too and talk about different stadiums in college baseball because there's so many good ones. So we, we'll touch on those. And, and I'm you know I'm going to be down at Navy down here. There's a bunch in our area here too where we're at. Um, so Florida, a team to watch this year as well. Uh, really interesting to see how they're going to pan out. I got a buddy there that's really close to the program, kind of giving me information there. Can't disclose his name though. Cannot. Uh, Vanderbilt. Enrique Bradfield Jr. Duke can fly. People are calling him Kenny Lofton. He can, Kenny Lofton. The guy can fly. And the turf field there. Fun fact, home field, turf field in Vanderbilt in Nashville there. So they, he's flying on the turf. Um, moving down to North Carolina, Vance Honeycutt, superstar in the making for UNC. So should be interesting to see what they got going on there. That's like a, another school, like a Florida and a Penn State and a Stanford. Like they're just kind of good at everything. Uh, UNC, always good. Uh, TCU, Braden Taylor, the big lefty. I got to watch and check out on their team. Um, just bumping through different teams. Down to Miami, a team that was like hot, really good, supposed to be awesome. Um, Sorry, uh, you know, lot, lot to really check in there and 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 see with with this Miami team now. Walk off first, Penn State homer, bottom of the ninth. CJ Coffus, first pitch in the bottom of the ninth, knocked it out that he received. Offensive MVP of the team last year, so a team to keep an eye on down there down south, Miami. You know, Penn State travels down there, couldn't handle the heat. Ja, uh, so interesting stuff there out of the ACC, Texas Tech. Okay, shout out to Steve, my brother-in-law. This guy's diehard. I'm going to read his notes verbatim. Super young, super athletic, probably not going to hit as many homers as years past, but going to like, excuse me, but they're going to run like the wind. Going to be solid defensively too. Hudson White and Owen Washburn are two of the three returners in the lineup. I assume they'll be the two best players. Gavin Cash and Kevin Basel are probably the two who are going to hit home runs and drive in runs. Gage Harrelson is a freshman who's going to slap it around and steal a bunch of bases. We'll have a shot at Omaha. We'll see what happens. Thinks we'll be a top 15 team. Tadlock, the coach there, is a great guy. Won a conference three times uh, and has been to the College World Series four times since 2012. So unbelievable work out of Steve. Sent him a text. I thought I was going to get a little blurb back. Shout out to Fred Dupree from LSU. I got a blurb back from him. I got a whole dissertation from Steve. So thank you, Steve. We appreciate you here, Breaking Bats and Not For Long Media. Um, so, yeah, lots unpacked there from Tech, a team that I'm going to be highlighting and watching this year. And then kind of the unranked teams that we're going to get into. Uh, Maryland's one. We're going to get into that in a second. I'm going to have J.A. talk about that. Um, Rutgers, obviously Brian O'Grady, part of this show. You know, a team people are saying should have made the College World Series last year. Ryan Laska, people are saying he's an elite player for Rutgers. So that's impressive to me. That a team, you know, in that area is that good of a baseball program. They've had a lot of players in the league, right? You've had some on the show. You have one that hosts the show. You have, you know, people are saying should have made the College World Series. And then obviously for me, Grand Canyon, of course, team of the week. They got to be the unranked team to watch. So Maryland baseball, I plan to go to a game this year. Jay, I'll let you know when we go with me and NASA George. Um, we're going to check out one of those Tuesday night seven o'clockers. That's the other thing about college baseball too. Yeah, Tuesday night on the seven o'clock, yeah, swing over. The game's free. 
you know, get a beer and a dog and kind of hang out and parking's nothing. And, you know, it's like a good alternative. Bring your kids. It's, it's, mm-hmm. I, I like it for that way. I really do. It's one of those things where it's like, if it's like later in the season when the weather is nice, but I, I don't know if I'd be sitting out. Cause like, you know, February, it's 45 out there, but um, I, I just wanted to clean up my notebook. So uh, when I was going through, I was looking at like, if you like pitching, you got to watch Tennessee baseball. Cause they have two of the top five best starting pitchers in the country. Your guy chased, Dollander and then uh and then oh is it Chase and Chase? Is it Chase Burns and Chase Dollinger? That's that's a lot of Gen Z names. It's everybody's name yeah. Chase now. Um because <laughs> Chase Utley. <laughs> Apparently. And um, Philly, everybody's said, named Chase, Carson, Eric for Eric Lindros. Like it's all the same. It's <laughs> a good point. Um they said Dollander's the best college pitching prospect since Garrett Cole and Steven Strasburg. So uh, if you're a fan of a major league baseball team that's not projected to do very well this upcoming season and you need some starting pitching, Chase, either either Chase, could be a guy that could be on your team coming up soon. Uh, um, but you mentioned Maryland. And so I didn't know this, they're, they're the preseason Big Ten favorite. They won the Big Ten last year. They have a couple like legitimate like MLB prospects that will probably be drafted in the first round, like Matt Shaw, who's their shortstop. A lot of guys say he could probably you know play second base at the next level. One of the best pure college hitters in the draft is what MLB Pipeline said about him. Uh, and Maryland obviously has a great track record of producing middle infield talent with our guy Brandon Lau in Tampa. Um, so last season, you know, they won 48 games. That was a school record. They hosted a regional for the first time ever. They set the school record in home runs last year. Maryland did. But you mentioned something earlier about stadium positioning. And I haven't been to a game at College Park yet, admittedly. But I was reading this quote from their head coach, uh, Rob Vaughn. And he said, quote, about their stadium, it's a unique environment. We're not in a $70 million stadium that seats 10,000. It's in the middle of campus. It's a throwback to the good old days of college baseball. And I think people love being a part of that. So I thought that was interesting. They're just kind of like, hey, you know what? It's in the middle of campus. It's probably pretty small, but it's a good time. Damn right. And we'll be there this year. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think I'm excited to go to a game. When I saw they made it last year, uh, you know, I'm right in the thick of it. You know, between Navy here, I mean, again, we're not talking like I'm in the SEC here, folks, but Navy baseball, I can walk. I can walk in 10 minutes. I can drive in a minute and wouldn't have anywhere to park. But, yeah, Navy baseball, Maryland baseball, you know, the nice thing about the Northeast is you can bop around and do all that stuff. So, yeah, I think, again, excited part about it is you can get a seat, you can get a glizzy, you can have fun, you can spread out, chew on some peanuts and, you know, shoot them anywhere you want. Like, it's, it's fun. You're going to see something like that was great. A homer, a stolen base, an argument, a bench clear. There's passion. It's still college athletics. And the thing about baseball, too, it's like, you know, oh, college basketball is like only great in like tournament time. And there's some sort of debate there, right? Because it's like, but here it's like, no, you're going to a baseball game. Like baseball is baseball. You can't really like, it's not like the NBA where it's like you take off a pitch or you take off, you know, fielding a ball and like, because you have 82 games. It's like, yeah, we play a lot of games, but you got to play every play the same. I know that's obvious, but I think some sports you can just eh, football you can't, but preferably the NBA. It's like, hmm, it's not always the same product. So I think with college baseball, you're going to get a great product. You get kids that are hungry, kids that can make it. Anybody can go to the majors and get drafted at any different school. So, yeah, man, it's going to be fun. I'm excited. Sorry we were all over the place today, folks, but I think you get the vibe that there's a lot of action here. Tons. There's, there's so much to follow. There's so much, there's so many teams, there's so many storylines. I like to look at it. I think my thing this year is going to be like, I'm going to try to focus in on the guys that I'm projected to go high in the draft. 
because if you don't have like, I didn't graduate from a D one school, so I don't really have like a set baseball. I guess Maryland, I guess would be mine or, or maybe Oklahoma or I don't know. It's there's a lot of things up in the air for me right now in terms of fandom, but like I said, like I'm going to watch Tennessee baseball because I'm going to see like the best pitchers in the country. I'm going to watch LSU to see the best hitters in the country. Like, and it's a Tuesday there's, night. There's things that you can watch. Yeah, no doubt, Jay. And it's a Tuesday night. And you're like, what am I watching? Okay, ESPN three. What do we got? It's uh, you know, LSU's playing like some team from middle of nowhere in Louisiana. They're going to beat it. Yeah, but that's like usually they play them on the weekend. But it's usually like during the week you have like Florida Gulf Coast versus Florida. I'm like, I'm going to watch this. I'm going to watch this. So enjoy, guys. It's going to be a great season. I'm excited for it. it. Gives me something to watch. It does. I was just thinking about the middle of the week. I need something to watch at night. So Premier ESPN League, Plus. Premier League, XFL, college baseball through breaking bats, baby. Best. Damn it. Well, this, is, this has been great, man. We're going to have to get you back on on a semi-regular basis. College uh, baseball correspondent, maybe. I don't know if we can add that to your title. Bi- of. Bi- I'll put that in my bio. Um Bi week, I think bi weekly is good, Jay. We haven't even talked about that yet. We'll do a, we'll do a meeting around the show. Bi weekly, sounds good to me. I think there's a, there's a market for it. Yeah, we'll grow the game. There'll be a tighter segment than this for sure. We'll have we'll have different. Not that we care, but we'll have you know the four things and then the top teams and boom. And before we get out of here, a special thank you to the band Stick Figure for allowing us to use today's intro and outro music.